Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. 608, 29 degrees in the capital city on March 28th. 2022 Monday morning. Welcome to LNK today with Jack and friends. Everybody, we've already had a full segment off the air. You know what? You, you know you, we have had a full segment <laughs> off the air. But had you told me, had you told me that in 2022, in early 2022, a Nebraska sitting congressman would resign after being convicted in federal court, and our pre-show conversation had nothing to do with that <laughs> whatsoever and was all about the Oscars, I would think you were crazy. <laughs> I I mean, it, it, how did, that buried, at least in our personal conversations before the show, it made the, uh, the resignation of a Nebraska congressman uh, over the weekend, go to the back pages. Hey, it was a lead story in the 603 News. Uh, listen, I, mean, I know, but we couldn't hear it over the, all the slap talk. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the slap talk and the Elton talk. Yes. And Mark might not be able to hear anything anyway after, yeah, the ringing after in my ears. being there last night. <laughs> It just, it was, uh, maybe next time Elton can lower the volume a little bit. They had it amped uh, up. Oh, man, when he would hit those bass uh, notes on the piano, holy cow, I, that shook that entire building. It did. It was, it was, and man, did, did he have percussionists. Yeah. There was three separate percussionists. I know. I, they opened the they opened the stage up, and they had, this little, they had a really cool stage set. But yeah, I said first thing I said to my son, who won out and went with me, I said, Think they got enough drums back there? <laughs> they had so many. I was like, do they have any other instruments? <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it and, was crazy. And, and the one drummer that's been with him since the beginning, what, yeah, no, last night was not, his thousand and one yes, performance. Yeah, since that's started old. playing with him in 1970, he said. Um, so, so, yeah. so how did you how did you pick your son to go? How did that all work? Itself well, out? it was. I mean, it, it's still. I'm not going to say your wife lost because I don't want to say anything about your wife and then have you slap me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Johnny's going to be mowing the yard for the next 13 years. Uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, it, we still didn't know as of yesterday morning when we sat down after Jeez. church and we were we were getting coffee. I was like, "Who wants to go the most?" <laughs> and, and and my wife had started uh, as she sometimes does. She started up. A painting project in our house, like paint, like she likes to paint walls. And the 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 cool thing about that is, I'm so terrible at painting. Like there is, there's no way I am involved <laughs> or hooked into that. I go to the store and I buy the tape and I buy the uh, the the rollers and and all that stuff. Well, you're and on a, first first I, name basis with everybody in the I hardware am, store. I am. Oh, Sherwin Williams, they know me uh, over there, and so. So she was she was kind of fairly deep into that, and you know I think she she was like what well, you know he, he he should go so he and he wanted to go so he did and uh, we had a fun we had went with uh, our listener Julie who won the won the tickets and her husband so that uh, that was awesome uh, got to meet her um, longtime listener to the show and up there and in the palatial loge suite it was very nice very nice to have your own uh, own bathroom up there your own private little. Uh, bar and snack area and living the high life i've only done that one other time for a concert and that was years ago so that was very fun 
Uh, but did yeah. you did you have a, a pre-concert event there at your penthouse? At the- <laughs> I didn't. No, oh. we just we were. I was watching. Uh, I was watching basketball and and uh, and buying paint supplies was my pre-concert event. But nonetheless, that was great. So uh, thanks to everybody who who uh, tried to get those tickets. I don't know why I'm. I'm sorry you didn't go. It was great. It was incredible. But there is a weird. There's a weird uh, subset of people in Lincoln, Nebraska, who had the news broken to them of the Will Smith Chris Rock slap <laughs> by Sir Elton John because he told somehow he found out about it. Well, did he do this uh, little video thing for them? He's you, uh, for see, his uh, his party. Well, it was funny because I ran out for a second uh, to to go use the restroom uh, about a third of the way through the show, or just a couple songs actually through the show, and. And my son and I came back, and my son said, "Did you hear what he said?" And he was like, "I think he said we're going live. He's going to be on the Oscars, like live." And so I, I tweeted out, "I was like, I think Elton John just said that he's going live to Lincoln for the Oscars. Well, it was for his Oscars fundraiser that he's been doing for yep, thirty this, years. Thirty years. years and a, this is the first an year fundraiser that he hasn't been there. Yep. So yes, there was a live video cast with that, and the uh, it, which it looked like the Oscars. It was enough." It was a, it was that many you know famous looking people all dressed up, but it was uh, yeah, and that's how it came up. So anyway, um, but yeah, anyway, a, a sitting congressman resigned. <laughs> like I feel like we still have like twenty things to get through with this whole thing, but I, I mean, I just feel like in the interest of being a, a news talk station and not celeb gossip station, I I need to get to that. Man, do I? Man, do I? <laughs> Just everything. Okay, just let me get it out of the way. I still can't understand how Chris Rock didn't, like, put his hand up to the side of his face when he got... Who gets slapped and doesn't go, oh, and just, like, feel your face? Someone who's probably been slapped a lot? Maybe. I don't know. Isn't that just, like, an involuntary reaction? I don't... I mean, I don't think I've been... I haven't been slapped recently. You want to try it and see if I... (laughs) After after the show. Let me me get the video going. I want this for, (laughs) for the record. After the show, I will slap you. I I still even went to bed last night. And I was like, "There's still something a little fish." And I know, I know, he came out and he, Will Smith won the Best Actor uh, Oscar. And I guess for people who don't know, you don't you don't know what happened. Um, I think feel like everybody probably does it by now. But essentially, Chris Rock made a joke uh, saying that Jada Pinkett Smith, who's Will Smith's wife, could be in the next iteration gi jane 2 where yeah. demi moore is in gi jane she shaved her head she was in the military um and will smith first of all looks like he's laughing at it a lot looks over and then like in the version where they have all the cameras you can see jada smith did not look pleased man she did the biggest eye roll i've seen in a while and well, then, she has she's talked about her hair loss yeah she right. has alopecia yeah, yeah. And so, so Will, Will just gets up, and so then all of a sudden he doesn't look as entertaining. Walks up on the stage, and like I said, just slapped him. Um, walks back down, yells some profanities at him from his seat that were not carried on the air, evidently. Not Again, in the United I'm, States, in Australia they were. Oh, okay. That that's that's how we got all the uncensored version was the Australian um, TV and Japanese TV. Okay, then. And those quickly that, made it across social media. Is that Irish, by the way? No, that's all. That's uh, that's from down under. Could have fooled me. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, that's that. Anything else to say about that? 
No. We gotta get to I mean a sitting congressman resigned. How is this not leading off your show? Well, he announced he'll be resigning. It's effective at the end of the month. Okay. Thursday night. Uh, okay. Thursday I feel like you're really splitting hairs with that well, correction. He, well, I mean we covered the trial and, and the guilty verdicts and this was just the the next step. You just kind of knew it, I think. I yeah, I, I I mean I definitely didn't think he was running. Again. But he can still win the primary. But <laughs> yes, he can. <laughs> His name will be on the ballot. Oh, okay. Okay, what do we know about so then the law is as we kind of hinted at last week, but it's now more widely known. So there is to be a special selection uh, special election for the next I believe there's supposed to be 6 a, 7 months of the a special primary and then a special a spe- Oh my gosh, so I believe a special what, primary and then a, a special election. That's what I read in one story. And since I am not a constitutional scholar. And when would uh I mean when do these happen? I mean at some point you have so many elections that the time's almost out for the for the uh, seat, because this is just goes till the end of December. Because meanwhile, while there's a special election going, there's also an actual non-special election well, they, that they, is going on. And are they both going to end up being in the same ballot hey, somehow? All elections are special. Know, Jack, that's come fair. on, that's fair. I don't want elections. No, I believe I believe the special me. the special election has to happen to fill the unexpired term. And the important part about that would be if the same person gets elected this fall. They would have seniority uh, already built in, built in over all the new class that comes Correct. in, and because and the house turns over completely with every election, that would well, mean, it doesn't turn over completely, but well, everybody it can, it can. yes, yeah, it that, can. That'd be cool if it did sometime, though. So that would be what. But if it turned over completely, the new person would be out too. So oh, yeah, that, okay. But anyway, fair point. The, the seniority uh, for uh, an incoming congressman next year, because it's pretty well expected that the Republicans will be back in the majority. And this will no, most likely be a Republican seat, so that would give that individual um, a little head start on everyone else. And so, yeah, I assume uh, I assume it's you're, you'll have the same people who are running for the seat permanently, or not permanently, but but officially will also have their names in the special election. Then I would assume looking so. for that looking for that situation. So, um, so yeah, what a weekend. What a weekend! Yeah, um, yeah. So the t- yeah the timeline is what's what's particularly interesting for me right now is yeah. when all these things are going to be held, I, how they're going to happen. I don't know who calls it. I I would think it would be to the governor at at some point to yeah. call those. But mm-hmm. uh, all right, someone smarter than I will have that. Ooh. All right, Mark. What else do we have going on this Carol, morning? Carol Blood. Gubernatorial candidate on the Democratic. Oh yeah, side, I forgot there were Democrats running too. Announced that Al Davis, former state senator is going to be her running mate. Uh, He had a ranch out at Hyannis and served one term. Tom Brewer beat him. May remember Davis and the governor got into a little uh, scuffle over it. Not right. right. No, no, no slapping. No, 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 there was no slapping. I'm sorry. It was on my mind. Uh, And uh, when he was in the unicameral, he was a registered Republican. But oh he really? Has, he has since done the. Uh, <laughs> Seems like that. De- Democrats tend to run people in Nebraska who have, at some time, at least been Republican curious. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a la, what's his? Uh, a la, well, Brad Ashford uh, uh, for Congress for the House. He was both, and then uh, the gu- gubernatorial Christ. Yep. Bill. As well, Bob Christ. Bob Christ. Yeah. yeah. 
So, but he is now a registered Democrat. So Carol Blood has him going as his as her lieutenant governor. All right. Okay. How else was the weekend? Uh, a little goofy downtown after the concert. They had a um, an LPD uh, followed a vehicle that was uh, not signaling, and as they went to stop the vehicle and make contact, the driver and the passenger switched places. Oh, hmm. and it turned out that they were both way intoxicated. Okay, and they made the judgment that one of them was slightly less, evidently. Evidently, and and so then, and one of them had a fifteen-year expired, uh, you know, license revocation. So they uh, that person is in jail. Wow! And so it's not often that you get. Two DUIs with one stop, but they did yeah. it last night after the concert. I okay. I don't know that I could do the physical acrobatics that it would take to switch spaces with someone else in a car without getting out. Well, I, I mean that you're you're getting you you get to know that person very well when you're doing that. If you are doing that, I I don't know if I could. I don't know if I can, especially after after a few adult beverages. Well, maybe uh, that's I, the only way they could do it. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. I didn't ask for those specifics. Okay. Captain Max Hubka gave me the the uh, lowdown on that. Can't. There was a stabbing yesterday morning. Okay. A man, 14th and E. Uh, another. Uh, there was an arrest right there at the scene. Uh, critical but stable condition. And a birthday party Saturday afternoon up northwest. People got into a little too much cocaine, Narcan, oh. CPR. Oh. They're both critical. Okay. Wow. So, all right. It wasn't um, just a resignation over the weekend. No, there was a there was a lot, a oh, lot this weekend. And the big big thing fr- yes. Friday was the stall of the the tax proposals uh, did uh, fell to the filibuster, Social Security, the property tax thing. So it's going to be an interesting day in the unicameral. Okay, it always is. It always is, well, in no, my opinion. Not, not really. Yeah, but. that's true. Uh, oh, and and we have the final four. And we we do have the final four. The final four is set, and the the, the yeah, listen. I'm pretty sure I said on the show last week. I said, you know how this is going to end up. You know how this is going. to I think I said it to Bishop on Wednesday. Uh-huh. Duke and Carolina in the final four. It's gonna. It's just gonna happen. And what do you know? Not saying I told you so, but actually I am saying that. That's exactly right. what I'm saying. You've got blue bloods across the board for. Yeah for uh for the final four and um villanova's been <laughs> possibly out of these four teams villanova's been the best over the last five recently years. yeah in the tournament yeah. yeah they got a couple of championships here in the last five years and um bill self is into the final four again duke yeah. with coach k for that last run oh, north carolina under a first year head coach for him into the final Who, four. It just coming off a few weeks ago, just beating the heck, well, not beating the heck, but beating uh, Krzyzewski at Duke yes. in his home when he had the whole Duke alumni uh, basketball team sitting behind him the whole time. And now this is the first ever final four matchup between Duke and North Carolina. Never done that before, huh? Uh, with all their history. And then, oh, Nebraska baseball, you had me so. You had me, you you get that win Friday, and I'm like, here we go, finally, here we go. What did, what did they what did they use? Nineteen pitchers yesterday. It seemed like yeah, it. I watched about. most of it. Oh my goodness! And then uh, Nebraska's bats just whew, 
the bats went away. The uh, the there were just errors in the worst of times. Um, it's been a real problem this year. Yeah, there, there's been the errors, the lack of timely hitting, getting behind in counts, um, giving up uh, hits when you've got two outs and two strikes on guys, and yeah, uh, just, just kind of everything from top I'm to still bottom. Still trying to hold out hope, but man, maybe they need rough. to change a venue. Maybe they need to go to Haymarket Park. Maybe a change of venue. Haymarket Park. That's where they played. Well, Hawksfield over there. Oh, to the softball field? You yeah. mean? Oh, oh, to Bullen Stadium. Bullen, yeah, yes, the, thank yes. you. <laughs> it's like more, where do you think they play? I, I, <laughs> I know enough. I just can't think of it. That's fine. You, your ears are probably still ringing. What? <laughs> All right. Uh, much by, madness results. By, by the way, you know what uh, they call a bedpan now in Russia? Oh God, no. A Putin. Ah. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll take a break. We have much madness results. Does the defending champ stay alive? We will find out with Caleb right after this. 624 KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, my typical Munch Madness reaction. What was the uh, what was the score, the percentages on the Green Gateau of uh, Paisano's one? 53 to 47. Yeah, was close. It was close. So the, the, the left side is set so you... The final fork will include either from that one, obviously, Paisanos or Muchachos. Mm-hmm. Going back again, it's the furthest I think Paisanos has gone in, in one of those, even the pizza ones that we've done. And I don't think they even made the final fork in the pizza ones. Could be wrong about that. Um, and then and then up on the other side, uh, you have Heoya uh-huh. and uh, who's, who are they going? Laszlo's. 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 So you, you could have the food truck battle. On the left side of the bracket in the final fork, uh, or you could have uh, a lot more established long. I mean, Laszlo's and Paisano's have been here a long time too, so it's kind of a similar matchup in in some ways. In in both of those, a long time established place going up mm-hmm. against the uh, the startup food truck. Helia has been around like ten years though, um, not as long for for muchachos. And then, of course, today. Does this taco end thing keep going? Does it work? Yeah, because you've got them taking on Misty's. So top seed in the Northeast, and then Isles Pub and Pizza against Engine House Cafe, right down the street. I mean, you could you could uh, you could throw a baseball from Isles to, <laughs> to Engine House, or right there. So uh, yeah, vote today at KLN.com. and don't don't forget. By the f- way, with Green Gateau going out, every two seed is now out. That's interesting. Somebody didn't see that feel very every well. two seed before uh, we well, get to the eat eight. Uh, don't forget, it's time, and it is time to think about this here for the next week and a half. We we are still giving one of these restaurants a two thousand dollar advertising package here. Right, two thousand dollar advertising. That's uh, that's not nothing. 
that's something significant. But the one that we're going to give it to is the restaurant that has the most donations made in their name in the Ride United campaign, which is the um, the coming together of United Way of Lincoln Lancaster County uh, in the food bank and DoorDash, where they are uh, they're delivering food to food insecure people who don't have mobility. And so we're doing a fundraiser. We think it's a really cool program. So you can go to KLIN.com. You can make a donation, whatever you want, if you if you can. But then you can sort of dedicate it to your favorite restaurant in the field of all 64, whether they're in or not. And at last check, Soulful Cocina. Now, I'm told Soulful Cocina w- w- uh, thought that it meant that they were getting votes in the actual the actual right. tournament when they did that, which is not, I'm not having people buy their votes for this thing. And so I think they were a little disappointed, but they may end up, as it stands right now, they're the clubhouse leader, and they could end up with this uh, this advertising package. Yeah, with a here, fantastic which, prize, which, all the same. Which, but it's it's not enough that everybody is still in it. All sixty four are in it right now. So those those donations are lagging a little bit. I know it's new this year, and and it's a, don't want it to be confusing. But I understand how we've got both things kind of running parallel the whole time. But if you know of a restaurant that you're supporting in this uh, in this thing, this would be. Uh, I mean, you may not get the bragging rights and the plaque of winning this, but you get something that is more monetarily valuable, uh-huh. valuable <laughs> actually, than that. All right, let's get in to our sound off. What do we have going on today? Uh, let's start with the uh, Ukraine-Russia conflict. And it's still more news continuing that perhaps Russia is not retreating completely, but being driven back in parts of Ukraine. Certainly there is a feeling here that the Russian forces have absolutely been stalled and in places at least are in something of a retreat, in particular around the suburbs of Kyiv, where Ukrainians say they have driven the Russians back hundreds of yards in some places, several miles in other places. That does not mean the fighting is not continuing, of course, particularly in the east and south of the country as both sides prepare to get peace negotiations underway once again today in Turkey. Yeah, t- tonight, um, or tonight over there, uh, they're going to sit down again and have, have negotiations. Um, like I've said before, it's hard to quite even see how those could be particularly productive, but they're continuing to seek that opportunity out and and continuing to do that. And then meanwhile, uh, President Biden was in Europe for the NATO meeting and um, also uh, went into Poland and made remarks there. And one portion of his remarks got a lot of attention uh-huh. this uh, this weekend and one that kind of got walked back a little bit. The White House and administration officials are clarifying his declaration that Putin cannot remain in power. The U.S. and Western allies are escalating a heavy sanctions campaign against Russia. Western leaders are walking a fine line here. They're trying to provide as much support to Ukraine as they can without provoking a war between NATO and a nuclear-armed Russia. Germany's Chancellor Olaf Scholz says regime change in Russia is not NATO's goal. And French President Emmanuel Macron says he would have chosen different words than President Biden did yesterday. I mean, it's it, it sounds like he kind of went off script and got fired because i mean let's be honest truth be told i think a vast majority of people of any political stripes here think that that would be best for the world right if that actually happened and that would be best for for the country of russia 
I think a lot of people actually think that, but it's something else for a, a sitting president in this situation, in this context, to come out and say that here. And I think he got fired up uh-huh. uh, about that that whole thing and said something that you probably don't want to say there at that point. And so um, he he got a little bit of blowback about that. He got people were shouting out questions to him after the fact. Hey, do you want do you want to see or do you want a, a regime change in Russia? And he said no to to that question. So nonetheless, that will uh, that will probably have some reverberations <laughs> well into today. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, uh, like we said at the outset of the show, what we thought was going to be by far the top story today, uh, Nebraska's House member from this district that we are currently in right now, and you may be as well, District 1, Jeff Fortenberry, after being convicted in federal court of three felonies, is going to resign his seat. Nebraska Republican Jeff Fortenberry announced his resignation amid growing pressure from top congressional leaders and his state's governor to step down. A California jury convicted the congressman of lying to federal authorities about an illegal campaign donation from a Nigerian billionaire. Fortenberry has maintained his innocence throughout the trial and plans to appeal. He was planning to run for a 10th term in the House this year. Jared Halpern, Fox News. Yes, so there will be a uh, there will be, be a new congressman or congresswoman representing the first district since uh-huh. first time I believe since two thousand four. He's been doing he's been doing that job longer than I've been doing this job. <laughs> uh, to to give you an idea of how long that was, and one reelection every two years since that time. Nebraska's so had be on the ballot. Very consistent congressional representation when well two when out you, of the three districts for, yeah for two out of the three because right. you've you've had um adrian, adrian smith since 08 was it 08 that he started yeah, yeah. and that was the spot that tom osborne had for a while prior to that i believe too i, um, I believe it was 08 if it wasn't 08 it, it was might 06. have been 06. it might have been 06 it, it may have been 06. i don't follow that one as, as closely obviously um but it's been a long time since he's been there and then i was on his youth advisory committee really yeah Really, I was on an Adrian Smith. Youth so, what did they? Get, what did you have to do to do that job? Um, they just kind of took volunteer. I can't even remember how I got it. Um, but I know we met a couple of times in Carney, got pizza, which was awesome. Uh, but then just he just wanted to know what what like our concerns were as, as young people and about to be college bound and uh, working adults, kind of where we stood on some issues so would you say you shaped his policy stances no are you sure yeah okay (laughs) which which was really weird with like two two democratic parents (laughs) and and i'm on his hey he was taking everyone for for advice he was reaching out he assumed uh office on january 3 2007 so it was that 06, 06 election Right, he was in the he was in the Unicam prior to that. Also, Garing City Council from 1994 to 1998. Ooh, Bet you didn't know that. Did not. Bet you didn't know that. Yeah, and then and then that uh, district district two has been. I mean, it was Lee Terry for a while. It was uh-huh. Brad Ashford, who I've already referenced once in the show for a while. Um, Don Bacon. There there have been others that have been in that seat. Well, so that one's been kind of all over the place. But yeah, new. Uh, a new name in that position here for I mean I guess I guess technically Fortenberry could still win it or or come back and be in a bit I don't think practically uh, that's something that's actually going to uh, going to happen 
Um, all right. The, uh, sad news out of the uh, the rock and roll music world over the weekend. Um, I I uh, I learned this on Friday night when I was actually having another thing I didn't even talk about, but uh, went to dinner with with some listeners um, and got this push notification about Taylor Hawkins, who is the drummer of Foo Fighters. Uh, 50 years old, and he passed away, and we're starting to get some more information about what happened with him. The sudden death of the world-famous drummer has rocked the music world. On Tuesday, Hawkins was surrounded by fans outside of a hotel in Argentina, and he was scheduled to play in Bogota, Colombia. In a statement released by the Colombia Prosecutor's Office, preliminary toxicological tests showed Hawkins had 10 different substances in his system, including THC, opioids, and benzodiazepines. Authorities say they are still investigating the official cause of death. The band released a statement saying, quote, The Foo Fighters family is devastated by the tragic and untimely loss of our beloved Taylor Hawkins. It's so, um, and this is probably a thing that's that's particularly impactful to, to my generation, because you went through that era where Dave Grohl and, and, and Dave Grohl was in Nirvana and Taylor Hawkins obviously was was a part of that era where there were so many people during that time um, who who died because of of drug reasons, mental health reasons. Um, you know, you just go down the list. Kurt Cobain from um, from Nirvana, Scott Weiland. Um, uh, th- th- there were there were several of them. And then you kind of felt like you got through that era and they got to a different part in their life and you look at someone like Dave Grohl or you look at someone like Eddie Vedder who who's still alive and then a few years ago Chris Cornell died, uh-huh. takes his own life um, dealing with he had substance abuse issues in the past but also had mental health issues and then this and it's like man it's like you feel like you got through that that part the the potential rough spot and and that that still goes down it all you know it's it's, I was just watching a documentary, a really good documentary on Apple TV about uh, 1971, the year in music, which is great. Um, but it, talking about that sort of reminds me of it because you also had in, in 1971, very close together, you lost uh, uh, Janis Joplin, you lost uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh-huh. um, and there was, one, there was one more that was real close right together at, at that time as well. So uh, anyway, um, sad news, sad news there. And then, of course, uh, the news that it feels like legitimately everybody was going to be talking about around the coffee, or excuse me, coffee or water cooler today was the Oscars, but not who won it, but uh, the slap heard around the world. <laughs> the slap seen and heard around the world after Chris Rock makes a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. (laughs) And that attempt at comedy coming at the expense of Pinkett Smith, who's open about her battle with alopecia, which causes hair loss. Will Smith later apologizing for his outburst while accepting the Oscar for Best Actor. I want to apologize to the Academy. Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, who also suffers from alopecia, sharing her support for Smith in a now-deleted tweet saying, Alopecia Nation, stand up. Thank you, Will Smith. Shout out to all the husbands who defend their wives living with alopecia in the face of daily ignorance and insults. All right. So there you go. If you missed, that's a pretty good summary of, yeah. of uh, what happened there. But, uh, we can get into this in the morning drive, but how... On the scale of a really benign to a really bad, personally offensive joke, where was that? 
See, and I, I guess I can't. You got to put yourself in their shoes to know how you would react to it. But right, like I, I don't get those. I don't get whatever comments. I'm sure they see comments um, because I, I don't think she's one who wants to have her head shaven the way it is and right. go through the hair loss. Um, but obviously, that's just the, those are the cards she's been dealt. So she's rolling with it. I don't have to hear those comments, so I, I I don't know where that line is for them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like there was just a part of me that thought, well, I mean, Debbie Moore on in that in that movie was a a bad bleep, you know. Yeah. She was like tough. It was you know it was, and and so I I don't know. Again, like I said, you can't. It 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 the reaction seemed over the the top well uh, obviously but but i don't know i had a hard time sort of squaring that whole thing well there. and you had and it seemed very regretful afterwards well and you had earlier in the show so that's not the first joke that that went towards them as a couple um you had earlier in the night there there were jokes about well you got to have some extra covid tests so and they started calling a bunch of attractive guys up to the stage and they're like well we're gonna have to go back here and we're gonna have to really dive in and i'm gonna have to look you guys over um and then the joke came well will smith i know you're married but well you guys have got a thing you approved him to come back right so like there, there like was, that almost seems i don't know <laughs> see i don't know what that line is yeah because that was yeah that was earlier in the show it's just it was so weird. It was so so weird. His form on the slap was weird. Too. It was very weird. Like he used his left hand and like I mean I can't even I can't even describe it. He slapped it. him like he was in a comedy sketch, and that's why it came yeah. off immediately and, as if, okay, this is a bit. And then he started yelling and everyone's like, I don't think that's a bit anymore. Yeah. And the thing is, they've got to know each other. Like, oh, for sure, fairly well. I mean, everyone knows everyone got, in Hollywood. Yeah, you would think so, but they came up at kind of the same time. They've been around a while, right? Yeah. Anyway, all right, uh, man the the amount the amount of I don't watch award shows people that were locked in last night though. <laughs> Listen, is about the only way you could have got me interested in in those things. Even, but uh, anyway, for anybody else who actually cares about the. Uh, the awards, uh, here's who won, I guess. Dune took home the most awards at the 94th Annual Academy Awards. However, Coda was the night's big winner with three, napping Best Picture, Adapted Screenplay, as well as Supporting Actor for Troy Kotzer. To my mom, my dad, and my brother Mark, they're not here today, but look at me now. I did it. Sound courtesy of the Academy of Motion Picture, Arts and Sciences, and ABC. Doom picked up six awards, including Best Cinematography. Will Smith took home the Best Actor Award for King Richard, while Jessica Chastain took home Best Actress for her role in the eyes of Tammy Faye. And Encanto received the award for Animated Film. Michelle Polino. Fox News. So the stuff with Dune, obviously very cool. I really enjoyed that movie. Never the, saw it. The uh, the coda never like, saw it. And any time they went up and uh, received their awards, that was emotional because because you had the the guy who won. Is that about hearing impaired people? Yeah, yeah. it's it's children of deaf adults. Okay. Um. So the the this it's a beautiful beautiful movie. Um. But the guy who won best supporting actor, he's deaf. So he went up and he's signing the whole thing. 
And so the, the voice you heard was obviously his translator, and you can see him getting emotional trying to sign through the whole thing. And it was um, that whole speech. If you, if you can, obviously they played just a little bit there, but um, that's one to go and rewatch his acceptance speech for that one. All right. All right, very good. So there you go. Your Oscar recap, I guess. <laughs> All right, 655, we are going to uh, grab a break. Right now in the capital city, we've got 28 degrees. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLI. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, by the way, this uh, this coming weekend... Uh, you might you might see me. You might see Caleb out there. The mother of all garage sales is happening at the Lancaster Event Center. Uh, this is basically like 200 garage sales combined into one. <laughs> and whatever you're into, whatever sort of whatever you're looking for, uh, they've got it there from the very conventional to the uh, uh Weird might not be the word I want to use, there but some, some of it is weird. But eclectic. if you're into collectibles and hobbies and stuff, uh, I found an old uh, Brendan Stye football card there. Ooh. If you're into sports, mustache stuff, or no mustache? Clothes. Oh, mustache. Yes. yes. Well, we all do amazing. it when we're driving around and you see the sign on the corner and it says garage sale, and we're all mm-hmm. like, I'm kind of a little bit interested in that. It's two hundred of those, right? Yeah. Every time I've been there, I've I've seen I've I've either purchased or or nearly purchased uh, a whole lot of stuff that I was very interested in. And I don't they as of last week. Now I haven't got an update since last week, but there were still booths available. I think last there's a week. couple booths. Yeah. If you want to set up your own garage sale there you can you can reserve a space to do that and it's gonna be a good time but it's going on yeah it's going on uh friday this friday from five to nine and then saturday from eight to three three but three dollar admission uh young kids uh get in for free and so it's gonna be a good time out there maybe you'll see us all right coming up during the seven o'clock hour we have our morning drive we'll count down the five things people are talking about today uh, we'll also talk to Tim Haruza, get a little update on what's going on in the Nebraska legislature. Is this the end of the road for this road for this big tax reform bill? We'll get into that, plus a special election coming for uh, the House of Representatives. And Dirk Chatlin joins us at 835. It is 7 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. KLI, yeah. All right, 7-12. Ellen K. today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Now that you've seen all the angles. <laughs> we, I mean, God. <laughs> There's. I told you I watched every angle that was shared on social media, and now you have the, too. There is so much <laughs> to talk about from this weekend. This was the most busy, full weekend personally and news-wise that I can uh, ever imagine. I, I I went out to eat with some some uh, listeners. My wife and I got invited to a, a private dinner at Casa Bovina. Over. Yeah, and so it was the first time I had been there. Dang, that was that was some. I felt like some big city fancy eating there. Yeah, with with wine pairings Wait, with was, each course. Was that and, the was that the one that we uh, at the we auctioned off? Cancer Foundation. Was, yes, um, that's not the one. Heartland, that was like Ca- a, Heartland Cancer Foundation. That's not the one that was like a twelve course meal. Yep. Right? Ooh, <laughs> that was like twelve ten. I think it was ten courses. Over the course of like two and a half hours, um, <laughs> but it was they were all. And then the you had there was like a a, a wine sommelier that was there that was part of the package. Uh-huh. It would describe all of the wines in the region, the the Piedmont region that they came from, and 
Oh my wow. goodness! And I don't mean the shops over there by by the hospital. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> they do some fine wines over there too. I'm sure. Which but... part of the Piedmont did these come from? <laughs> so, so I had that. So I had that, and and then I'm there, and I'm getting texts about St. Peter's winning their beating Purdue in the basketball game, and I'm like, no way! I can't believe that this yeah, is that happening. That was crazy to watch. Uh, and then s- Saturday, I'm out and. Driving around and and the Jeff Fortenberry resignation news pops up. Of course, uh, that's that's sort of mid sat mid to late Saturday afternoon while I was going out and buying paint for my wife. And then I'm tra- so I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so what does this mean for the for a special election? Here's here's what I can tell you. Evidently, state statutes say that there's got to be a special election within 90 days of a congressional office being vacated. Okay, so vacated on the 26th, so do the math on that. Uh, has to happen by the end of June. Had to happen before the end of June. Uh-huh. person who decides when it happens is the governor. Governor Pete Ricketts decides when that actually happens. And evidently, the executive committees, from, from what I it's not as if there's a, primary but the executive committees of the republicans and democrats put forward the names to appear on the ballot and so i assume they both put forward the the favorites to to win the primaries which are you know and it's my flood right and most i know patty pansing brook has patty pansing brooks as a challenger and jazari qual uh but um I guess I assume the the Democratic committee would likely go with her, uh-huh. um, and and then they would appear on the special election ballot. Now, my question is, if there's an independent that wants to run separate from from those candidates, from how that committee. works yeah. exactly? Um, but meanwhile, you'll then have you'll then have the primary vote going on in May, which would be sometime. Right around the special election, yeah, most likely within that ninety days. That's right, smack dab in the middle of that ninety days, and Fortenberry's name is going to be on the ballot because they were certified a while back. Um, so it, it's odd. It, it, Fortenberry, uh, uh, Bob Evnen, Secretary of State, did tell the Journal Star that he, it's his understanding or it's his belief at least that even. If he were to win the primary, he would still suspend his campaign going forward. So, I think that's fair. I mean, that's right. It's very unlikely here at this point. So, nonetheless, that's a situation you've got there. And then perhaps you know, um, I mean, I think let's be honest about the political realities of things right now. A a. a I don't. I, yeah, I guess I don't know what to expect. But Republican has has won this seat year after year after year after year after year after year. Now it has been Fortenberry, but th- this is kind of generally how it goes in this district, and frankly, all all over the state, with the exception of of that second congressional district. Sometime, right? So if that happens, does Mike Flood get to go a few months early uh, if he if he wins this, and then get a leg up on seniority over? The entirety of the new incoming class. Yeah. Several potential other new Republicans from around the country who come in there, which has an impact on on a whole bunch of things, uh, most notably probably committee situations. So you've got that. 
Then Sunday, I'm going to Elton John, and I think that's going to be the biggest story of the night. But then the slapper around the world happens <laughs> at the Oscars, which we did kind of, we we uh, delved into the video. Uh, Caleb, now that you've watched it again, another five or six times in slow motion, uh, the Will Smith slap on Chris Rock, your takeaway is what? I mean, there there's a... There is a lot of restraint you can see, especially when you get into the slow-mo of watching Chris Rock not square up and come back. Okay, yeah. so a couple of things I know. First of all, Rock never... uh, Rock had... Either it was a... It looked like he had no idea. Smith did it so fast he wasn't expecting it all because Rock didn't even put his hands up to, like, block or defend himself. He didn't really react whatsoever. I don't know if it just happened so quick, but he well, never... And, and Smith never set up like he was going to hit him. He got and he got all the way to him, and his feet were still parallel, like he was just going to say something, and then just brings his hand up real quick and slaps him. Right. It was a funny-looking slap. Yeah. And then Rock, for a second, if you watch the video, he brings his hands up for a second, and it almost... Because I don't think he knows if something else is coming or not, and then he puts him right back down after that and nothing else happens it's it's still notable to me i still can't believe how you don't like involuntarily just put your hand on your face uh-huh. when something like that happens uh, maybe rock is tougher than me but can you i mean how how many people would would uh as you know as the bible says turn the other cheek there wow. essentially right. and not like what are the chances you do that and uh, you're not you're not going back and forth after that at that point. And then what happens? What if Rock swings back at him? Right. Because you already had, I mean, even without Rock swinging back, what's the protocol at this event that Will Smith was allowed to stay? Because, like, clearly it wasn't a bit. He had to be calmed down during a commercial break, um, which is that's another thing. You see Will Smith be calmed down by Denzel Washington and a couple others, and you're like, this is just like a weird group of people all of a sudden where there was a scuffle, and the show continues on. He wins Best Actor, goes up and accepts it. Why was why was he not? I'm just wondering who, if, if, if Chris Rock punches him back or slaps him back, or if this is just a slap fight, I don't know, but are people coming up from the crowd? To go break it up? Are there producers that come out from the side that do this? But I don't know. I don't know. See, and Kelly still Kelly texts in. She still thinks it's fake. She says he knew something was coming. Maybe not exactly what was coming, but there was going to be some sort of fake interaction. Yeah, I don't. Uh-huh. I, I, I I'm not. I'm a little. There's a part of me that's still a little bit with a tiniest bit with Kelly on that. My thing is. You do that if you have something to gain by the attention, right? Any PR is good PR, Caleb. You, we've been, we'll, we're talking about the Oscars. We would have never talked about the Oscars. Never, ever. I mean, we would have said maybe had a 20 okay, second okay, clip of who okay. won. So, something good for the Oscars. What good is this for Will Smith? He was, he was, he was Hollywood good guy. He was, he's going to get paid a bunch and the movies haven't been good, but he just went up and won best. He was up for the Oscar of best actor and had a really good chance to win even before eventually we knew, okay, he wins for his role as in in King Richard. He had had gone to some like Netflix series he was doing. I mean, he was the biggest actor in the world, Caleb. 
when I was in when I was in college. He was the biggest actor in the world, and not so much anymore. Well, a, a lot of people were the biggest actor in the world five years ago, ten years ago. That aren't it's today. A, they don't need to go up and slap somebody. I'm, I'm just saying. You're asking me. You're asking me what the motivation could be, hypothetically, to have a. A, a, a PR stunt situation. I mean, it's there. It's it, yes, he did just win an Oscar, but there hadn't been much prior to that for a long time. And and there was all the weirdness coming from him with this book that he wrote and the stuff with the marriage and all of that. It just hadn't been a lot of. Not that this is great PR, but it just it, there was a lot of a lot of weird. I don't know. I'm I'm probably talking myself out of this argument right now, but. But still, there's still I'm I'm still sort of with Kelly. It just the fact that he laughed like he did at the joke at the outset, and then boom, you went from laughing at that joke to well, the thing that we don't see the cameras are cut away. What does Jada say to him? Like because slap him because he obviously is laughing, and you see her roll her eyes. What does what does he turn and his wife say to him? Of Hey, I, I'm getting up and out of here unless you do something. And like, what what was said in that part where the camera is not on him for him to go to that level? I mean, how much could she say? It was like three seconds. Um, I mean, we, you could we, tell. I mean, there was nonverbal communication. Right, yeah. she, you could see from the camera she was not pleased. Yeah, it it doesn't take a whole lot to to understand what someone's saying, but like, there had to be enough. To get him to that level. To go from laughing, like he obviously thought it was funny uh, from the outset. But then the camera pans away, and in three seconds, it's no longer funny. Now, they, and I don't know, there was a, the 2016 Oscars, Chris Rock took some shots at her just about, she had said she was boycotting it. Uh, because Will Smith didn't win a, an Academy Award for concussion and had to do with the 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 Oscar so white thing, which had, right, had yeah. started started that year, and and Chris Rock was like, I'm not going to go into the depth of his jokes because they were a little inappropriate, but he essentially <laughs> said, well, you weren't going to win one anyway, right? To to Jada on this, and but they also worked together in like the whole Madagascar franchise. Yeah, if you ever watch those those shows with your kids, <laughs> they're both in that. Uh, and I assume they've got other connections beyond that. I don't know. I, like, I, my first reaction was still even because I wasn't watching it when it happened. But I went back afterwards, and I still thought even almost right before I went to bed last night, I was like, "This had there has to be something scripted." Or that or was fake my first this. reaction. But then Will gets up and accepts the award, and he's crying, and he's saying, "I hope you'll invite me back." Like that doesn't that made me feel that way less. You you don't script someone. Yelling out profanities. Sure you would. Absolutely. I'm unscripting that thing. I'm including that. You know what the most amazing thing of this whole thing? Somehow, Will Smith, in, when it comes to podium crashing or, or award shows crashing, made Kanye West look really reasonable. <laughs> no small feat. 24 hours ago, we were not spending a segment on the Oscars. Absolutely not. I guess they're the winner. 12 hours ago. I'm still not watching next year. Never (laughs) seen any of the movies. 725. All right, we'll take a break. It's KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. 
Miami. All right, without any further ado, let's get it started with number five. Congressman Jeff Fortenberry says he'll resign from office effective March 31st. That after that California jury convicted him of lying to federal authorities about an illegal campaign donation from a foreign national. The announcement Saturday followed pressure on him to step down from political leaders both in Nebraska and in Washington. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, and Governor Pete Ricketts all encouraged Fortenberry to resign. Now, uh, Paul Hamill in the uh, Nebraska Examiner goes into quite a bit of detail on uh, this, how rare a thing this is, this special election. Actually, party leaders are the ones that will be selecting the uh, the executive committee of each major party, which is about 20 people each. They select the candidates for a special election. They'll go through a primary and then uh, on to a special well, election. So, so the, the chair and secretary of the executive committee files with a, a certificate setting forth um, the person that they want to nominate, essentially. So they just go through and, and nominate um, where they live, you know, the, all the all the filings that go along with that, and then um, then then they go on the then go on the ballot. Then. So that's is, the special is how election. I understand it. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the special election from what I understand it. But then they also that, have to run in the regular primary, that, right? Which could be at a very. I was just talk, talking about this earlier in the show. Could be at a very like similar time. <laughs> Time-wise, because that's right smack dab in the middle of the 90 days. It's like 40 days from now-ish. So, and and Ricketts is supposed to set a date within 90 days for this to happen. So, it's uh, it, it's just a bizarre situation. And and you assume the parties are going to put forward the, the, the perceived leading candidates. I assume that would be Flood and Patty Pansing Brooks in the special election. And meanwhile, they're... Either will have just been on the ballot for the primary or will be on the ballot for the primary coming up after that. But one of them is going to be, in an odd way, an incumbent now, likely, when they run. And frankly, I mean, again, political reality is probably my flood. Yep, most likely. Yeah. And, of course, he would have to resign from the state legislature at the if he is. Oh, uh, and then you would have a new... That's a good point. Because or or think, same with Patty Pansing Brooks, for that matter. Right. I don't think you can serve both. Yeah, that would be... And so then you would have... Oh, my know. goodness. Right. And, the, what? by the way, that is... Uh, I believe that's the district, right, that Roy Christensen yes. is running for, uh, along with James Michael Bowers and Daniel... Is that Daniel Conrad? That's all that one, I believe. That's that District 46... I oh, believe he's running in twenty eight. He's twenty eight. Okay, I'm sorry. I had the wrong. I had my districts. Sorry, that was my bad. I had my I district districts mess, messed up though. That, he's the one going against Raybold in that one. I'm sorry. So would yes, the, yes. So I mean, as we're playing the dominoes in this whole thing. If I'm already I'm already going down a weird scenario, but if Patty Pansingbrook somehow became the became the interim, which winning that would be an uphill battle. Then would the governor name? Never mind. This is a stupid scenario that I'm talking about right now. But she's term limited. She's term limited out of the legislature. Understood. But it'd be like the same situation. Right. Right. But what I'm getting at is Mike Flood. But Mike Flood is just in his. He's not being term limited out. So there would be. That's true. There would have to be an election. I believe that. No. Or is it? That would be an appointment. That would be an appointment there for the state legislature. But I guess the the one was interesting because it was in Lincoln. But that would be, of course, up in the district that includes Norfolk. Right. For Mike Flood. So, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts on this thing. 
There really are. There really are in multiple elections, and it's like it's like the uh, it's it's kind of like the parallel running Munch Madness, and also our Ride United uh, Miss Congeniality uh, contest that's going along beside. It's sort of like the special election and the primary election going on. Man, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a crazy month in in Nebraska politics. Yeah, April May. Crazy. We have yeah. April May is gonna be absolutely. I'm already confused. My ears are still ringing. Number four. Lincoln businessman is spearheading a new emergency operation to help Ukrainian families displaced by the war in Ukraine. Steve Glenn, who's the chairman of Executive Travel, says Operation Safe Harbor Ukraine is partnering with individuals, businesses, and churches to provide housing, food, medical supplies for 200 Ukrainian refugees during April. They've uh, they've worked with uh, Best Western and others, and uh, Steve Glenn and Executive Travel, they're matching up to $25,000 on donations they want uh, they're sending volunteers uh pretty hefty uh, um, right plan here and looking for people who who might want to do that too uh i listened steve glenn was on with the commander i heard that on on friday and talked to him about this whole thing and it is a really extensively um it, I, I, it's really extensive uh in terms of what they're trying to do here it's a massive undertaking but one that i'm i'm think is really cool that that is coming out of Lincoln and going to these people who have been displaced or in a. I mean, can you imagine it, Mark? Can you? Oh, imagine? Yeah. I mean, that's we talk so much about the the Russia-Ukraine situation, but imagine you leave. You know, you get out of there with whatever you can. Maybe you have a car that takes you out of there. Maybe not. Maybe you went on the train. Very, very likely. Maybe you went on the train and got on a bus, and you don't know what country you're going to. Like I read a story about one woman who said. She got to a bus station and she just picked to go to Spain because she thought that was the furthest away that she could get from what was happening in Ukraine. And there you are in a new country, potentially a new language, uh, all of those things that go along with it. So they've, they've launched a website, OperationSafeHarborUkraine.com, but we've also made it easier. We've got it linked at KLIN.com so right. you can find out all about that. All right, very good. Number three. If you decided to skip the Oscars like several of us did, you missed some drama. Not just the uh, winners and losers, the slappers and the slappies. The 94th Academy Awards going down is one where the man who won Best Actor came on stage and slapped the comic who's hosted the show twice before. It's been called the slap heard round the world. Chris Rock came on to present the Oscar for Best Documentary. Made a wisecrack uh, as he turned his attention to Will and Jada Pinkett Smith. She has alopecia and shaves her head, and Rock said, Jada, I love you, G.I. Jane, too. Can't wait to see it. All right. Well, that didn't make Will very happy. He walked up on stage and smacked Chris Rock, and then had some very unkind words from the audience that was bleeped out. Edited version, keep her name out of your, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. Yep. We've talked about it a lot already, but man, it's just, and some of you are like, you're give, giving this too much time, but I'm, everybody's going to be talking about today. I'm just telling you, everywhere you go today, people are, are going to be talking about this today. Okay, a couple more thoughts that I've got. Number one, did you, if you watch it closely, we've, we've really watched that guy of this. Chris Rock, start, after he goes back to his scene, and Chris Rock says something like, ooh, I could, he started to, he looked like he was going to go in on him verbally. Yes. 
and he checks himself at that minute. Like I said, the restraint from Chris Rock all the way around. Like, after somebody hits you to, one, not hit back physically, but then he didn't fire back verbally either. And then they just went about the show like nothing had happened. Uh, Yeah. Sam just says any average Joe in America would have been arrested and dismissed at a minimum. I mean, yeah, like, it's kind of true. And the other thing about this is, like, and I I get it, standing up, if I were in that situation and, and I don't know what I would... You know how I would react, and I don't know kind of what that personal journey has been like with the hair loss. But let's also be honest: like out of meanness in the comedy world, that was at like a three out of ten, maybe. I thought the stuff earlier in the show about their marriage was definitely more to the line than than that was. That was like a three out of ten. So. And then Ben says the Will Smith should be a restaurant. People have never witnessed a dust up at a bar where everyone just kind of got up and went their separate ways. I mean, have you ever, have you ever been slapped before? Never been slapped. No. You seem like I've, I've been hit. I was going to say you seem more likely to have been in a fight in your life than I have. No offense. I mean, <laughs> there, there was no grown man who came up to slap me at a college party. I got hit. Okay, I just, I don't think I've been slapped recently. Now I'm just kind of curious how I'd react out of the out of the blue. I'm curious how I'd react in the position of everyone in that Wait situation. I've never been slapped by someone coming up to do it in a fight. I have been slapped just because we were doing like slap bets. <laughs> like, if you've never had a slap know. bet, then sure. Uh, all right, moving. <laughs> yeah, let's go on. This is so weird. <laughs> Number two, Coach Mike Krzyzewski's final Krzyzewski. chapter. Sorry, Krzyzewski. Isn't that what I said? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody just said I mispronounced Norfolk. Norfolk. Uh, no, uh, Norfolk. 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 I've been told by people who would know that it's Norfolk. Coach by, K's by final. By people in Virginia? Sorry, let him do his oh. Coach Krzyzewski thing. Coach K's <laughs> final chapter be distinctly blue. Two weeks of upsets and underdogs in the books. Final four down to four Blue Blood programs. Kansas, the Blue Devils, North Carolina, and Villanova. Kansas takes on Villanova. Then it's Duke Carolina oh, for the first time of course. in New Orleans next weekend. Uh, They're calling it an epic final four, but oh. I would have liked to have seen St. Peter. Oh, yeah. Uh, that would have that would have been a, almost as big of a story. How well, soon do you want to see St. Peter? I got a slap over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see Arizona and St. Peter's. Uh, you keep my team's name out of your mouth. I'm excited for this final four. I think, like, yeah, it, it's a, it's a it's a bunch of it's a bunch of blue bloods. There's not the kind of the excitement of okay, can this team get over the top? Even if it was Gonzaga, who was the top overall seed, I feel like that add a little bit more flavor to this. Okay, Kansas and Villanova is extremely uninteresting to me. Now, you got the Duke Carolina thing, but there's also a part of me that's just sort of going to hate watch it as well because I I knew last week, it's like, this is how this is ending up, isn't it? In the entire college basketball world who salivates over this rivalry all the time, now gets it in the Final Four in Krzyzewski's, Krzyzewski's last year. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, like a, it's like a made-for-TV. I mean, it's like... A, 
It's like a made-for-TV slap on the stage of the Oscars. <laughs> for everybody, like <laughs> the ultimate. <laughs> right. I'm still pumped for it. Okay. It's, it's the Final Four. It's going to be right. some good I've, games. The games have got to be better than what they were in the Elite Eight. The Elite Eight had some blowouts. By the way, on another note, Harry the Antenna Guy, an early chap, people who mispronounce Norfolk and think there's a fork in the name. No fork in Norfolk. The people folk from the North Fork of the Elkhorn River. Boom! 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 It was named for the North Fork, and it was... I can give you the whole history of why it's Norfolk. When it went to D.C., they thought it was misspelled. Yes. The folk from the North Fork. Okay, you're just trying to come up with... Your own I'm re- reasoning I'm, and your no, reason. I'm reading a text. I'm not coming up with anything that's original thought. I'm reading a text. Well, that's not the first time you've had that either. Price is right. Keep my contest out of your mouth. Harry's wrong too. He sounds like he knows the stuff very well. Do we have another one? It's very contentious yeah, today. Number yeah, one. Mark says sadly. <laughs> Even though it's March 28th and not April 20th, it is National Weed Appreciation Day. But it's National Weed Appreciation Day, the kind that grows, not the other kind of weed. Who's a pre... So, like, actual weeds that... Weeds, yes. Provide work that you've got to do and pull out of the ground. Humans have used weeds for food and herbs as much through much of recorded history. Some even have medicinal value. Uh, Dandelions, uh, actually, uh, can be a food source. It is for insects and some birds, but humans actually can eat young dandelion leaves and enjoy tea and wine made from the leaves and flowers. Oh, gross. Native Americans use dandelions to treat specific ailments, and nutritionally, they contain vitamin A, vitamin C, calcium, iron, and fiber. What? But before hey. you start pet treating uh, weeds as a food source, be sure you get them correctly identified. <laughs> Make sure they're free of okay, herbicides, don't. pesticides, and no, find out just don't eat the weeds them. in your yard. Stop. Don't do that. And by the way, if these people like weeds so much, come on over to my house. Come on over. I got this area where my uh, where I have my grill that's a little fenced-in area. There is. You can harvest that thing, and you can uh, use it for your medicinal needs or Meals to your heart's delight. Now, I will tell you, I spray those things once a year, about July or August. Yeah, you see, they've got, they've got herbicides on them. And so I, uh, I, you know what I do? I, I hate them so much, I listen to death metal in my earbuds at like 10 out of 10 while I'm doing it. I get very oh. dark when I do this. Speaking of very dark, do you guys do this thing with dandelions when you were a kid? You got a dandelion in your hand, you put your thumb under it, and you flick the top off, and you, you yeah. said, Mama had a baby, and its head popped off. <laughs> Yeah. No. Did you do that? Is that a thing that I... Is that yes. a thing? Yes. No, we just held it under people's chins, and if it had a little yellow uh, reflection... Yeah, you could stain on there. Well, you could stain, but then you'd say that they liked butter. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yellow but, and butter. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. It was just a very dark little game we... Mom had a baby and its head popped off. Like that. Mar- Marks is a the- lot more innocent than, than apparently the way we grew up. That Things works. got dark a couple generations in. Did, did you ever know the people who could pick the, up the wide blade of grass out of the yard and put it b- between their thumbs and make like a loud make a whistle? Yeah, make yeah. like a super. I tr- I tried that for the vast majority of the eighties and never got it once to work. 
And I had a neighbor who could do it great. I was so jealous. Probably had bad grass. No, it was he, we were using the same grass. Sometimes different grass affects people differently. The most talk about weed and grass in <laughs> that is actually talking about weed and grass. Weeds and grass. And it's not even April 20th. <laughs> there you go. All right, 755. That is it for your morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. When you are in. All right, welcome back. 809. It is LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. My March 28th, 2022. Tim Herza joins us right now. Wait, we forgot Tim's music. Dude, I know. I was already saying that. Like, I was over here going, uh-oh. Caleb's going to sing it. I'm just kidding. I'm, it's fine. I start walking your way. <laughs> you start walking mine. Oh, man. It's we meet in the Oh, wow. The way. harmony did not work. Georgia Dangerous when I make a joke. Man, I thought after on. seeing Elton last night, I would have that harmony down, but I was a little flat there, I think. Uh, it was I apologize. You. I apologize. I won't. You. I won't sing again until request line Friday. <laughs> oh yeah, man! Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I mean, Tim. Here I am. Here I am coming into work at six ten when the show started this morning. The literal weekend, the same weekend, a sitting U.S. congressman from Nebraska resigns his spot after getting convicted in federal court. And I start out talking about the Oscars. <laughs> it's, I mean, I can't, if you would have told me that, if you would have told me that a month ago, I would have, well, I would have slapped you. Uh. <laughs> oh! I just, I just came up with that. That's you, pretty good. Well, I didn't watch the Oscars either, but for a lot of, I mean, not because I was at the Elton John concert or anything like that. Um, the, but I did immediately see the social media reaction of this thing. So, uh, I'm like frantically scrolling to see what happened. And yeah, there's videos and it, that was, that was not staged. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I think you're mostly right. What? what? I think you're mostly are right. You, you take, the, take the W. Uh, did I miss take I the missed W, earlier Tim? Discussion about congratulations. This? Oh man, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, so now I gotta, I gotta not get, I gotta not get sucked into talking about this again because major, major <laughs> political news, and I can't yeah. get away. Yes. I can't get away from the Oscars right now. But uh, so Jeff Fortenberry stepping down. Not surprised, by the way, at all? Um, hmm. I didn't think he'd run, but I thought he might stay in office. Gosh, I did not think that he would resign. I thought that he would wait until after the primary to make the decision. But but here's the thing, too. Um, and I, I've just kind of been hearing things. I have not dove into it. I've been busy with other stuff, right? Like figuring out what's happened in other situations and with other congressmen or women who have dealt with these types of convictions. Um, I was surprised that it happened as fast as it did. I, like I said, I figured it would be sort of after the primary, but you know what? When, when both party leaders, uh, and not, not just, you know, Pete Ricketts obviously made the statement, um, pretty quick the next morning, but when Kevin McCarthy comes out and says it, and when Nancy Pelosi comes out and says it, and obviously, you know, the, the Democrats is a whole different thing, but when your own party leadership's saying, looks, time to go, um, it's, it, I mean, what was he, what was he going to do? He's just, Gonna have a job, but do nothing but vote, right? He's right. totally blocked out everything. He's already he already resigned his committeeship um, yeah. 
positions uh, upon indictment, right? You can't hold those under the rules. There's a whole bunch of, of rules, like I, as I understand it, and I have not looked at these, but people have told me, and it seems pretty common knowledge, that like things like his, once you're convicted of a felony offense, things change, right? So, um, again, the leadership roles, um, whether you're eligible for your pension and your retirement moving forward, all impacts kind of his future in that profession as a as a congressperson uh, it's not surprising i mean um admitting the reality of the situation was you know his first comment was the appeal starts tomorrow mm-hmm. i don't know man <laughs> it's uh, uh good luck with that uh moving well, they'll forward appeal, but- they'll appeal the venue decision they'll appeal some of the evidentiary decisions that the judge made i mean yeah, um, any any effort for that though, I I gotta guarantee at this point. At this point, he's not appealing for his professional stake. Any effort at that has got to be an appeal for le- toward leniency, or you know, like maybe he trades an appeal for some leniency in sentencing, right? Because well, the prosecution makes a recommendation as to what they expect. There's all those things that go into it's interesting, it. Interesting, yeah. I just got a, a tweet from uh, John who listens. He's an attorney, and he says, "I I think Fortenberry looks better for sentencing the sentencing judge to be able to say he resigned and lost his livelihood rather than still be fighting uh, for office after a conviction." Absolutely, and uh, and you, I mean now <laughs> to whatever extent they negotiated some sort of resolution prior to the trial, right? So whether the there's question, you know, they asked the prosecutors if there was a plea deal that was ever offered and they refused to kind of answer that question. Um, at this point, now you start negotiating for sentencing, right? Because there's a recommendation from the prosecution. There are sentencing guidelines. There's all obviously the criminal, you know, the maximum, like, what is it, five years per each count. So you're talking maximum of 15 if they're consecutive sentences, whatever. I've heard some speculation from, you know, a federal public defender I talked to that was like maybe nine to 24 months. Um, under sentencing guidelines. Uh, wow. I mean, here's the deal. Wow. We're, we're talking about it right now for prison reform. Federal sentencing stuff is, I mean, there's a whole thing that goes into oh. it. We oh. just kind of heard about it with K- the Ketanji Brown Jackson, right, the Supreme yeah. Court nomination yeah. this last week and how that works. But like your maximum sentences under the law aren't necessarily what the guidelines that are put in are. You have judicial discretion. Right. There are guidelines that are all targeted toward dealing with overcrowding and how long people are in the federal prison and how with a rehabilitation sense in mind. And then there's also, like I said, the prosecutors make a recommendation. The judge considers a whole list of factors um, that, right. that are susp- some specific to the defendant, some specific to the law and the circumstances around it and the, the people who are harmed by the crime and all that stuff. So, uh, there's a lot left to be done. I, I, I think, I mean, I think there's a possibility of jail time. He is, he is a congressman. He did resign his seat. Um, I, you could also see like a, you know, five years probation, supervised, That's sort of what I'm monitoring ass- I'm for the assuming. first six months or whatever. And what, it'll be interesting um, to see what the prosecution never, never has to leave his It'll house. be interesting if the prosecution really pushes for incarceration, which, I mean, I, I there was one comp case. I can't remember if this was a World Herald or a Paul Hamill piece, but they found what they thought was a similar comp case, a comparable case from the district. And it was, it was jail time. It was, it was, I can't remember, but somewhere in that range you were talking about, it, uh, which is crazy. A lot of it probably depends on kind of the remorse and whether they want to set kind of a, 
use it as an example for future potential cases, right? Hey, don't you just yeah, there's a lot of it out there, right? Yeah. Uh, that that will go into this, and you know, and we're not going to know until July, right? June twenty eighth or something, yeah. whenever that date is, into June, so late almost June, July. So now the governor orders a special uh, election <laughs> under thirty two five sixty four. Welcome to history, I've right? Got, I got <laughs> my cow. I got my Nev Rev stats pulled up right here. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the only candidates who may appear on the ballot for, at such a special election are those who are nominated at the statewide primary election in such a year. Um, those who comply with say, blah, 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 blah. The candidate receiving the most votes special, special election will serve the remainder of the vacated term. So, so the governor now picks a date within 90 days to have a special election. I presume the front runners nominated by the parties essentially what happens are going to be mike flood and patty pansing brooks right am i am so, i missing anything with this so a couple of things actually the i don't know if you the the examiner paul hamill i think wrote it is either paul or aaron sanderford from the examiner have a really good piece this morning that kind of lays out how this works and talks to some of the party leadership about what the expectations are and i think that's the closest and maybe obviously as this thing comes into to, to, to picture. I think everybody's waiting to see what happens. There was tons of speculation and now you have some folks going on the record about how they believe the process has to work. Um, the party executive committees will nominate uh, for the special election. Um, the resignation opens on the 30th. They have 90 days within which to ha- conduct the special election. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> JL Spray, former or current, I think, national committee man for the party, former legal counsel to the Republican Party, is quoted in that piece as suggesting that part of <clears throat> part of the value for the governor or, f- you know, frankly, for any representative from this is getting them in as soon as possible to establish prior seniority to the incoming class of potential right. freshmen, right. congressmen, which matters women. for committees, especially definitely matters. It may not matter right now, but having being technically an incumbent, having six months of seniority over all of the new people that are going to come in after the November elections matters for selections and those things right out of the gate. And then also establishes a timeline for some Somebody, you know, who's elected to serve for a number of years, right? So Fortenberry's on for 17 years. We have Adrian Smith out there that's been on for what, 16 yeah. or 18 or 20 years, whatever it right. is now, um, uh, who's who's starting to establish some seniority. You have Adrian Smith looking at running for right. Ways and Means chair because right. of the seniority that he has because he's been there so long. He'll be the senior it, house member from Nebraska. That's some really behind the weeds stuff that I don't. We don't think about. I don't think about mm-hmm. that. But the people who are paying attention to it is. I would not be. I would not expect the special election to take place a full 90 days after. Do you think it'll happen before the primary, though? I do. Yes. Well, no. No. I don't know if it'll happen, if they can get it done before the primary. You'd have to have your... You got six weeks. the, The resignation is the 30th. You'd have to have both parties select their nominee and then put the... Print the ballots and select their nominee. They they know their nominee right now. And that's an interesting thing from the piece this morning, too. I hadn't really thought about it either. The Democratic Party um, process. I mean, Patty Pansing Brooks, I think, is the more well-known name. But there are a couple of other people in that that are challenging. There's nobody else in the Republican field. So um, if you're picking only from candidates that have announced and are running, you have you have Patty Pansing Brooks. um, Jazari Qual, who's running. There's and there might be one other name. I think there's I mean, there might be three. So. 
So uh, I imagine all of them are going to want a spot. So who knows how long the, the Democratic Party will take, and who knows what the timeline will be for when they have to. I so have no gonna, idea. It's going to be so bizarre. You either, either right before or right after the primary, you're going to have this special election. So you have the primary that will narrow down, narrow down. And now, I mean, it's pretty presumptive, though. I mean, it's presumptively... Flood and Patty Pansybergs are going to be the front runners, you know, they're uh, uh, for winning the primary. Now you've got a situation where, let's say, Flood, you know, political realities, Flood wins the special election. Yeah. And he goes in there. And then they've got a general election where he is, he is kind of an incumbent, essentially an incumbent there. And he's also got a, like a House voting record that will come up as part of the, the debate. True. Uh, summer summer's generally pretty quiet. I can't imagine there's gonna be a ton of stuff that he's oh, voting on. We'll but, but here's the thing: he's gonna have a conservative record. It's like that's the that's what it'll be as as the lowest of the low on the totem pole out there. It's there's gonna just be, gonna be more material. Maybe helpful. Maybe not. There's gonna be more material out there. Um, there would, that, but here's but here's the thing too: you have people coming off of assuming he's elected, right? Or or whether it's you know uh, State Senator Patty Pansing Brooks or State Senator Mike Flood, regard they both have records. First of all, right? They got tons right. of tons of votes out there between the two of them, having served for eight and almost and ten years respectively. Legislative records, not criminal Le- records, which I feel like <laughs> correct. We, <have> to, <laughs> we should. Do we need I to clarify like, that? I feel like now we have to point that out, <laughs> at least for the foreseeable future, right? Uh, elected officials and records are <laughs> voting records. Uh, um, but but you're also coming off of an election. I mean, they'll be they'd be on the general ballot after people assuming one of whoever wins was just elected from the same voter <laughs> base of, like be so, months before. Like so that, people like are that. going to walk in and check the box of the person they've We're checked. We're going to vote on this office like eighty times in six months, <laughs> at least three. Uh, at I least think three I told times. You who I want here at this point? <laughs> How many times can I tell you? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting time. I mean, it's a, a sad situation, right, to see a congressman do this, but it's it's interesting and unprecedented, right? Yeah. When was the last time there was a special election in Nebraska? Like the early 1900s or something. 19- I remember it. <laughs> yep. I, I, uh, and, and then and then here's the other thing that impacts your world. Assuming one of those two ends up winning that race, winning the special election. Special election, you've got to name a new state senator, right? Well, that's where you get into the how fast is this all going to happen, right? Because before the the end of the session. Session is set to end, adjourn on April 20th. March 31st is, you know, a couple weeks. I don't think you're going to have a special before the end of the session. Um, Who knows? (laughs) Who knows how fast they can turn around? I don't know how fast the Secretary of State's office can get names from the parties, get ballots printed. Is it going to be an all mail election? Are we going to set up? Are we setting up polling places for people to go to? How do you find volunteers for those right. polling places? Here's the thing: What if you just doubled the special up at the same time as the primary? Can you do that? Can you not? Can it be on the same ballot? I don't know. These are not only eight hundred times in six months, eight hundred times on the same ballot. I mean, you see this all the t- when the when when a city council places a question to the voters, oh, right? Speaking of which, it, we got that coming up too. There are plenty Probably. of times, or a school board that's doing a bond issue. You have a question of whether you do a separate special or whether you put it on the general ballot or whatever. I have no idea how that works in this instance, I, and I haven't seen anybody report but, on it. Between so. fairness ordinance, primaries, ge- generals, special elections, I don't know how I'm going to do much of anything other than vote for the rest of 2022. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm very concerned about my productivity. I'm so ag- there's such an a, aggressively democratic situation here. It is over the course of very much of is. the next few months. 
Um, yeah, and Flood still has a decent amount of time left on his term, so that would be yeah. So if Mike Flood loses, well, he still got he still got, <laughs> if Mike Flood loses, he's still got two years in the body. Plus, there's gonna. I mean, if Mike Hilders wins Attorney General, which all signs point to, that's going to happen. Uh, fl- and Flood, you know, something happens. Flood loses. There's an open speaker seat. Mike Flood's a former speaker. I mean, yeah, he's he's going to DC. <laughs> he's going to DC. He's <laughs> probably going to DC in a couple months. <laughs> I mean, uh, wow. Yeah, we already he's had a campaign. We from, already had yeah. one quick replacement in the legislature here this session. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! That did happen. Yeah, that happened. That, that happened <laughs> like a, a few weeks ago. Remember that? That seems like five thousand years ago. <laughs> Two political resignations in less than what five or six weeks time. Uh, whoa, it's a. Interesting time in Nebraska politics. Plus, Unlike, we're probably, probably going to have a marijuana vote. Unprecedented. We might not get one. Why do you that, say that? They don't have money. They don't. They're. 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 I think they're going to be trying to raise some cash to get that thing on the ballot. I think they're going to need know, to some, raise some. There's serious something else cash. that happens April twenty. I've got a couple ideas on how they can raise some funds. Snoop. <laughs> also the O double G. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> 825-KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelain. All right, 837. LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. On a uh, on a Monday morning, Dirk Chatlin from the uh, Omaha World Herald. Uh, morning, Dirk. How are you doing today? I'm great, Jack. How are you? I'm good. I'm g- I just had, uh, I mean, I just about uh, 12 hours ago, I went through one of the mo- more surreal, weird experiences, and that is being in Pinnacle Bank Arena for an Elton John concert where Elton, Sir Elton John breaks the news to the Pinnacle Bank Arena crowd that uh, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Was 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 Elton John like watching it on his phone as he performed? He st- he went out for this is crazy. He went out for like a wardrobe change just during a break. It was before the, during the encore, and it's, uh, somehow he got totally informed of the situation whilst changing clothes over the course of like ninety seconds. I I, I I still don't quite know how it all happened, but he see, is the weirdest is is the weirdest person to break that news possible. <laughs> see, the, the the wonder of this is there's going to be like uh, a documentary about where were you when this happened, uh, and Elton John is is going to be you know one of the stars of this documentary, and he's going to describe how he he watched it behind the stage. Uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh, for, forgot about the audience. Uh, uh, the, uh, man, it was uh, boy, and, and here I am. We we uh, joked with Caleb at the beginning of the show. You know, we are coming off a weekend where a sitting U.S. congressman, shortly after being convicted of felonies in federal court, resigned, and that got shuffled to the back pages of my opening today on the show. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, it's completely crazy. So, no. If if uh, if you're one of those people who uh, you know who didn't want to talk about Duke Carolina this week, uh, you have your wish. 
I, I said it last week. I don't think I said it to you. I think I said it when, when Bishop was on. But I said it, and I, you know, Dirk. Rarely do I give myself credit when I predict something correctly or I'm right Almost about something. Never. Very rarely. But I said to Bishop, I'm. Sa- I said I don't necessarily believe this on merit that they're the two best teams, but I just know it's inevitable. We are heading toward Duke, Carolina in the Final Four, and that didn't look that likely at the time that I actually said it. When you looked at the bracket for for a few reasons, I I thought maybe they, you know, on merit they might have both gone down. Um, but sure enough, here we are. Uh, uh, Dirk, can can non Duke or Carolina fans even stomach this for the course of a week right now? Well, my my, my first thought was, you know, someone needs to check on Dick Vitale. I have not heard from Dick Vitale, oh, and wow. he's doing better. Fine. I heard again. Yeah. Well, if if anything, you know, jeopardizes his health, it's probably this. So. Uh, you know, he was he was the voice of this rivalry during our childhood, and uh, I, you know, at some point, Jack, the back in the '90s, you know, when when I think people really sort of when this became a national thing because of ESPN, uh, you know, I think a lot of us even in, in Nebraska sort of chose sides, right? Yeah. Um, and and I think you know at that point it was sort of inevitable that these two were going to play each other someday in the NCAA tournament and then it it never happened mm-hmm. uh sort of strangely bizarrely it never happened for it to happen <laughs> with North Carolina as an 8 seed right. in in, Co- in coach K's last year uh it's you, you i'm sure duke fans you know feel like this is just the perfect way to uh to to finish the coach K thing and Beat Carolina and then win, and then win the national championship two days later. But uh, if if there's anything that will draw uh, sort of the casual the casual audience back into college basketball, people who have kind of gotten sick of college basketball over the years, this this could potentially do it. Yeah, you you make a great point. I always joked about this, but uh, yeah, in especially in Nebraska, I think where they're. Um, during during our era of being younger, when there wasn't a ton of success uh, for the Nebraska basketball teams, a lot of pe- we all have them in our lives. Okay, let's just be honest. We all have that Duke or Carolina fan or both that is very excited during the regular season about these games. It's just going to be absolutely put on steroids. He, here's a question I have for you, just about your per- perception. About this, I don't know that you have expertise in it, but ju- ju- just what you think. Is there anybody? Yeah, I, I have expertise in everything. Oh, that's true. I, that's sorry to sorry to degrade your credentials. Uh, do is there anybody who is not a Duke fan that wants to see Shashevsky go out by winning the championship? Like, is there any? Can can you sell that at all as a as a group of people that exists? Well, this is not a fair question to me because I I'm you know. I'm a Duke hater. Uh, yeah. So, you know, like, like probably, like probably much of your audience, I'm a Duke hater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it has waned a little bit over the years. Uh, I don't think the Duke loathing is what it was even 10 years ago. Uh, but, but I, you know, there's a difference between sort of becoming a little bit more indifferent to Duke and actually wanting Duke to win a national championship. And I, I don't think there's going to be, um, you know, the media and CBS and Turner, I mean, they're going to lay it on thick because, because they feel, um, they feel like they have to honor coach K, but, but no, I don't think there's going to be 
uh, you know, sort of this this Rocky Four moment where where the audience comes around and says, you know, <laughs> on, on, on second thought, Rocky, uh, Rocky. yeah, you know, you are you are our champion. I don't see that coming, Jack. No, probably not. The, the thing that's the the, the okay, I, I will say this about it though. It, it it either puts on this game. It's compelling in that. I don't know that I'm, you know, super joyful with any outcome because I mean it is it's North Carolina, but uh, but like it, for for Shishefti, it is either going to be the greatest storybook way to possibly go out that you could ever imagine when you thought you had your last shot at Carolina in Cameron Indoor and and Grant Hill and Christian Leitner and 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 everybody was there right behind the bench and it was kind of embarrassing the way that that happened to think to get that chance to redo that and have that be the final legacy against North Carolina and then win a championship that's like the best storybook but going out with two losses to North Carolina <laughs> and closing the door is almost the worst possible to have Carolina end his career. Literally, it's it's on like the best or worst scenario here for for Shushevsky and Duke fans. That yeah. that drama alone is probably what sells it to me. Yeah, I I mean honestly, I think if St. Peter's would have won yesterday, <laughs> that would have been crazy I think, too. I think a Duke St. Peter's Final Four game probably would have been, you know arguably the greatest final four event ever, um, you know, in Mike Krzyzewski's last game. But, but when the consolation prize is Carolina Duke yeah. and all the stakes that you mentioned, um, you know, I think to some degree people on the outside are going to kind of roll their eyes and tune it out. But mm. when, when, when they really think about it the way that you just presented it, uh, it it's, it's about as dramatic as it gets. Yep, and I think uh, you know the fact that that Carolina has done with, done this with a first year head coach, you know, and and potentially not even make, making the NCAA tournament six months or six weeks ago, uh, you know, it's there, there's just a lot of elements to it that are really interesting. And oh, by the way, Kansas and Villanova are on the other side of the bracket, you know. Right. So it's um, if 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 anything, I'll draw in sort of the casual college basketball fan, I think this will probably yeah, do it. it. It probably will. But I am disappointed. The St. Pe- Peter's-Duke thing would have been, oh, my gosh. That would have been, to me, that would have been even more. Because then I would have clearly had a rooting interest at that yes. point. And it would be like the uh, it'd be like the last game when, in Hoosiers when the Hickory Huskers went down to play in Indianapolis and they measured the, uh, measured the rims and stuff. That would have been fantastic. Yes, it would. I need yes, to watch that movie again. That reminds me. Um, okay. Dirk, we're in spring football. We haven't talked a lot about it because there, you know, there just hasn't been a ton to talk about. Which I didn't realize how good of a thing that was. That there just hasn't, there wasn't. Uh, and, and you know, I kind of said, you know, you know, I wasn't getting into a ton of the show because there just wasn't a lot to, you know, how much? What can I ask you? What can what can I talk about? Uh, practice. What do you think, of Casey Thompson? I don't know. I haven't seen. You know, I I don't know. I should have embraced that, Dirk. I should have embraced. <laughs> the 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 lack of content coming from spring practice because then when we hear again it feels like maybe this happens everywhere Dirk maybe it happens at colleges all over the country where it seems like every off season in for me in men's basketball and football there's this like gut wrenching departure that you didn't you hoped wouldn't happen or didn't expect at all and I don't know maybe I'm overrating what Xavier Betts was going to be to this team. 
But the fact that he's from Nebraska, the fact that when he did touch the ball last year, he seemed about as exciting as anybody on the entire team. It's a Dirk, we got to not do this at some point. Give me a drama free offseason completely without a departure. Yeah, it's really interesting how, um, you know, first of all, the receiver position has been has been such a mess, you know, over the last really four years. Um, but but it it does it always kind of hits you where you don't see it coming, uh, you know, and it hits you in places that that you can't afford to to take another blow. I mean, Nebraska is they just don't have they don't have a lot of just elite. Uh, elite playmaking talent, sort of the the guys that you know you could see playing at Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State, and when and those guys you you just you know they can't afford to lose those guys, especially when they're when they're in state guys, you know, mm-hmm. um, sort of the guys that that can change the narrative about uh, you know in state talent going to Nebraska and, and what happens when you know when guys go down there and succeed. Um, so I'm, I'm with you and, and, you know, it's, I think it's been pretty well reported that, that Nebraska was not, you know, was not terribly at fault in this case. It's, it's just a kid that is trying to figure out whether he wants to play football or not. Um, and I, I get that. I mean, there's been lots of kids like that over the years, but, but for it to happen in this case to this player, uh, with this potential at this juncture in the frost era, uh, is really I mean, it's, it's really damaging. And, um, you know, is it, is it something they can't recover from? No. I mean, it's the receiver position, you know, you can, you can develop guys and and find young guys that have talent, but, uh, but it is, it is a significant blow and, and I'm not sure that it's, you know, beyond the point of disrepair or fixing it yet, but, uh, but, but it is a, it is a tough one, Jack. And, And I think, you know, you look at what's happening with tight ends and, and all their injuries there, uh, the, the continued questions at running back about, you know, who's the guy and how good is that guy, uh, the offensive line questions. I mean, the, the offense, you know, I think everybody's excited about Mark Whipple, and I know Scott Frost is, but uh, but this offense is going to be a real challenge, you know, to, to whip into shape by the middle of October. Yeah. Like you think about, I was, I was talking to Caleb about this the day after it happened. You think about like proven playmakers on the offense. And I, I, I mean, I get Casey Thompson, but he's a newcomer, I suppose you say, but Betts is at the top. Like I'm trying to think who the go-to is. It would have been, it would have been Betts, you know, and, and unless there's a newcomer that comes out of there and, and becomes that. Like, and, and then there's always these people every time, whether it was Spielman or Wandale Robinson, it feels like there are always, there are so many people who are saying, oh, they're going to be fine. They didn't, you know, they've got a lot. He wasn't as good as we said he was, all of those things. Well, that definitely wasn't true about Wandale Robinson, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, and, and again, this isn't the same situation as you pointed out. This isn't, it's not apples to apples on this thing, but... Like uh, the the these departure the, the lack of continuity um so frequently that happens and again it's happening everywhere to some degree but I think man that is that's part of the problem with all of these things here. Well, Nebraska has to assemble talent. Like they have to assemble and, and accumulate high end talent. Um, you know, to get to get over the hump. Um, you know, the difference in, in these types of you know 
games that they almost won last year and didn't win. The difference is often, you know, having a couple high end players on the field, uh, whether it's at linebacker or pass rusher or wide receiver. I mean, there's certain positions on the field that, that can make plays, uh, that change a game. And Xavier Betts was one of those types of players. Uh, you know, you're not, you know, you're not going to win a lot of close games necessarily with, with one more, uh, conversion on third and third and seven you know you need game breakers you need guys who can change the momentum of a football game and and bets you know even his first you know first time on the field you could see that he had that potential you you could see that he had it in high school uh and nebraska needs it nebraska desperately needs it um so i'm not saying that that there aren't other guys on the roster who can provide that but but the list isn't long enough to get where nebraska wants to go right now and and, and and an already small margin for error gets a little bit smaller. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just as a fan, I just hate the feeling when you you feel like you're invested in somebody and and they leave, and it just seems like it's happened. I mean, I'm still mad about Andrew White. I don't know why, but I'm still mad about <laughs> it. Right? You know, it's just all, all of these all of these. Well, things. and Shang Ping, Jack. Yeah, there's a lot of people talking about where this program goes if Shang Ping stays. A lot yep. of people who are who are mentioning that. Hey, last last but not least, I noticed your uh, I noticed your uh, newspaper there didn't put any Lincoln uh, boys or girls on the all <laughs> all state basketball team. Just interesting. Just wanted to point that out with no comment added. The the evidence of bias is becoming pretty overwhelming at this listen, point. You said it. I didn't say that, but I'm glad that you. <laughs> I'm glad that I mean I listen I had gotten over the the Noah Walters thing I think for the most part but now I look at that and I I see Omaha I see Omaha on the girls side where I mean I think it's pretty clear Lincoln's more powerful than Omaha is in in high school girls basketball but nonetheless yeah, Jack does it does it change your perception of the Noah Walters Zane Flores debate that Zane Flores is is now racking up uh high major scholarship well, offers and and maybe the greatest local quarterback since Eric it's a chicken or egg situation. Uh, they make the decision uh, to go the other way over there. Stu makes the decision to go the other way there. Who's to say that uh, Noah Walters isn't, uh, you know, enrolling early at Notre Dame? Right. You, I well, mean, there's no way to know. That's a fair point. The uh, the coaches at Washington and Ohio State clearly are keeping an eye on the first team All State in Nebraska. Hey. And and whoever received that honor, they were hey, going after. Like it or not, you when you guys take those kids out to a parking lot or a skate park or uh, an abandoned warehouse to take pictures of them, the entire country is watching. So <laughs> it has consequences. People forget that. <laughs> Can you pass that message on from me? Oh, Jack, I can't believe we did this without without Chris Rocker or uh, Will Smith, but I'm I'm totally okay with that. Oh, a, but, but let me ask you this real quick. That. Uh, who okay? Who which which team are you on on this thing, or are you not on a team? Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're not gonna put me in that. Game. You're not gonna put me in that. <laughs> Listen, I'm a hard hitting interviewer. All right, uh, you, you can think about it till next week. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, let me uh, let me see what Twitter thinks first. Yeah. Let's see. Here you go. Take take the pulse. All right. Thank you, Dirk. Have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you, <laughs> Dirk Chatlin. From the Omaha World Herald. Saving five years in LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Waking up the capital city with the help of Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. 
You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. That was a heck of a day, Caleb. That was a lot of fun. That's what, that's what a Monday. <laughs> that's how to get going on a Monday morning. Uh, okay, a couple of things um, to mention. We got to mention that on Wednesday is the deadline to sign up to go on that fishing trip, Lake of the Woods, Minnesota. Get with out there me, with Caleb and his dad. Up to Ballard's. It is. I mean, we, Gary Greenwood, uh, who does the morning show over on Froggy, he's gone on this a couple of years and has had such a great. It brings his family. I he's mean, raved about it to me. It's. It sounds like it's just a great opportunity and uh, hanging out with Caleb and his dad. Also, especially <laughs> his dad, sounds very fun. Oh so, yeah, my dad's a great time. Yeah, absolutely. So get signed up. KLIN.com. dot com. You can find information on that there. Yep. Other thing I want to mention, too, Mother of All Garage Sales coming up this weekend at Lancaster Event Center. So that goes on Friday. That's the first this Friday from 5 to 9 p.m. Then Saturday from 8 to 3, three bucks to get in. Um, and I, I believe there may still be a few booths available if you want to sell some stuff, uh-huh. get rid of some stuff at your house or get together with somebody and do that. So you can check that out at KLIN.com as well. So those are two things. And, and uh, come out this weekend if you just want to shop, find some great deals on things, collectibles, clothes. I'll be I out mean, there. Everything. Caleb will be out there. I'll be out there on Friday. Uh, and then other thing I want to mention is Commander Jack this afternoon, uh, of course, will be on from 5 to 6, and he is going to have... Uh, County Commissioner Deb Shore, uh-huh. who's got a, a primary challenger here in her race coming up in Matt Schulte, who's held right. elective office before um, and 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 run before. He was on on the school board, ran for uh, what was it, county clerk as well. So um, that's that's turning into an interesting. If you look at the sign battle in Lincoln, <laughs> that's one of the most intense sign battles yes. going on right now in the city and in the county. And then last but not least, especially you Northeast Lincoln. Munch Vote Madness. today for Munch Madness. You've got three Havelock restaurants that in there, and then you've got the the Taco Inn story, whatever that is, still Misty's going on. Misty's against Taco Inn, Isles against Engine House. KLIN.com results first thing in the morning, basically, at uh, 628 tomorrow if you want to hear who won. That is it for the show. We will see you tomorrow. It is 9 o'clock. KLIN Lincoln.